Hey Chismosas, I'm Igby. I'm Stephanie. And we are the Chisme Queens. The Easter bunnies. I'm a chicken. You're an Easter chicken, my bet. I will be the bunny. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Chisme Queens. And if you are new to this podcast, um, good for you. (laughs) You found us. You're a little late to the party. You're a little late. It's all right. I don't blame you. All the episodes have been boring so far. Um, but here we are covering Nashville, Married at First Sight, season 16. And uh, we got the sex episode today. Bar. <laughs> but before we get into that, let's get some cheese going. Rick B, you have any cheese I do. For the first time in Cheese McQueen's history, I put up a poll and remembered to check it so we could tell you the results. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I put a reminder on my phone. Nice. And I actually did it. Um, so the poll question was, speaking of this season and how thrilling it is, is this season boring or is it just us? And <laughs> the results are 100% yes. 100% what? Yes, it's boring. It's not okay. just us. <laughs> okay. I started laughing because you said 100%. And then I thought you said, it's just us. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> no, 100%. Yes, it's boring. Okay. So well, we're not crazy. We're not crazy. Well, not we're not. for that reason. That reason, yeah. <laughs> so in other news, we've got some i guess congratulations jamie and doug from season one just had their uh nine year anniversary so they're almost to the double digits believe it or not oh wow i know the ogs they're still going strong so congratulations to them on nine years our after party host keisha is uh, another year older (laughs) she's celebrating her birthday today so happy birthday to her. Happy birthday. Also speaking of birthdays, uh, our boy Steve Noy from Boston just had a birthday last week. Uh, and, nice. you know. 45? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, him and the boys in Boston are still super tight. They were all at the club as usual, partying it up. But we should also note who else was at the club, Miss Katina also made an appearance at Steve's birthday party. And that's been the first of many sightings of her and Olajuwon together this week. (laughs) They've been on live together multiple times this week. They're in Miami together on vacation. So I don't know what's going on there. Did they take down their... No. Their little over broken up thing? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. Hmm. Oh my goodness. It's weird if you ask me. It is weird. And like, you're public, but if the public is hurting your relationship, why are you so public? You don't have to put it on the gram. Yes, you do. You have to put everything (laughs) on Instagram. (laughs) So people know it's real. Duh, don't you know everything on the internet is real? Oh, that's right. Hello. And speaking of people who post too much, your favorite. (laughs) No, which one? Virginia. <laughs> Not my favorite. You do that with Virginia and Mark the Shark. I'm doing, both of them are just like my skin crawls. <laughs> I know. That's why I do it. And then people are probably like, you're obsessed with Virginia. No, Virginia just puts her whole fucking life on the internet and is like the most consistent. So I can't help but see it because it's there yeah. constantly all the time. <laughs> uh, but she's got some new ink. Her and her sisters got 
new tattoos. Eyebrow tattoos? No, actual tattoos. <laughs> she got two. She got a, a bomb on her wrist. Okay. And she put up the quote with the picture saying, not fragile like a flower, fragile like a bomb. Okay. So that's her meaning with that one. And then the second one, uh, her and her sisters got matching tattoos. They all got dominoes. Mm -hmm. uh, she says that their family, that's like a big tradition. Every holiday they play dominoes together. And oh, then cute. they all got um, uh, double sevens for oh, their okay. mom and their grandma who are both born in July. So that's cute. they all have their little matching tattoos together. I, I thought they would do like the birth order numbers, mm. you know, cause I've seen that too, but I, that's unique. I, I haven't seen the dominoes. That's cute. I like that. actually. And they got them like on the back of their arms. Oh, good. And they do not look related at all. Well, I know Virginia doesn't look face. like Virginia, <laughs> but they like, even the other two sisters don't look like each other. Mm. I don't know. They all look, drastically family, different to me but family discount um yeah good for them speaking of people who don't look the same mirla posted a throwback picture from 2013 mm -hmm. she looks totally different <laughs> like i did if you wouldn't have told me that was her i wouldn't know that was her i'll have to show you later because i was like whoa yeah text it to me and speaking of houston they're still, like our Boston cast, they're still hanging tough all together. Um, <laughs> we had Brett, Mirla, Johnny, and Rachel together yesterday at the um, Houston Dynamo game. That's a soccer team out there. Oh, uh, okay. So I was like, what is that? Uh, free tickets, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all still hanging, still buddies, still keeping up with each other. You know, I, if nothing I, else, the show has built long-lasting friendships. Yeah. That's no marriages, cool. but... No marriages. <laughs> <laughs> the intent. But yes, friendships <laughs> have been born of the groups. That's cool. But that's all I got today. Okay. Um, well, I was on vacation, and I guess the cellular gods thought I didn't need to be picking up my phone. So I, most of the time, my social media was out. But um, you took my Keisha, <laughs> my oh. Keisha Chisme. And the only other thing I got was Brianna and Vincent's baby is three months old today. And they're just the cutest little Bella. That's all I have. I'm so sorry. You, you again, crush it with the Chisme. I'll do better. Will you? I hope so. There's always hope. But like we said, it's super boring. Slim pickings for sure. Like the Reddit streets have slowed down a lot there's mm -hmm. not a lot coming out about this season a lot of people are talking about um season 13 because that's the one most recently up on netflix mm -hmm. and every like we said before everybody's in agreement that this season is boring a lot of people have stopped watching altogether yeah so yeah the future is not looking too bright for married at first sight mm -mm. i don't even know how they can turn it around at this point i really don't because even they're gonna if... have to start doing it like Australia and do like wife swaps and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say even if they did it like old school, like season one of making like they're really trying to make efforts on building actual relationships, that would also be boring, you know? Yeah. So they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Anyway, but let's get into this shit show. <laughs> let's start. Let's start with our only. Uh, 
Our only couple that'll probably make it, Nicole and Chris. You didn't say the title. <laughs> oh, my bad. This is Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 14. Bigby, hit me with the title, because I know you how badly you want to say it. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Cringe. The episode is titled, The Rope, The Feather, and The Bidet. I was like, the sex episode and bathroom talk? Kill me now. <laughs> That's why I chose Nicole and Chris first. The bidet. The bidet. Have you ever used a bidet? Yes. I've never used a bidet, but we want one to stop buying toilet paper so much. It's a good time. Yeah. They're okay. all the rage in Japan. They're everywhere. It's I standard. remember, uh, what's his name? Clean. I ha- I want clean anal. <laughs> what's his name? June. <laughs> June. <laughs> 90 day. <laughs> oh, remember little Dracula. Yes. I, too, want cleaning. I'm going to get a bidet. That's my goal this year. Go to tushy.com. No, I will not go to tushy. (laughs) Quick story. We talked bidet talk during the pandemic when I was uber pregnant. And Igby says, oh, yeah, get one. Go to tushy.com. I go to tushy.com. And the first thing I see is a dick going into a butt. And I'm like, immediately close. I go, that is not a bidet <laughs> website. It's like, it's because I remember it from like uh, ad rolls from podcasts, but it's like, well, hello, Tushy, or yeah, something, hello, something Tushy. Hello, Tushy.com. Not just Tushy.com. <laughs> yeah, somebody got that one already. But I oh, bet you bad. they got a lot of hits during the pandemic. <laughs> For one reason or another. Oh, all right. Nicole and Chris. All right. Since I was so disinterested in this, I didn't even, I was like, I'm not even taking notes on this. I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) So we see them getting their little Amazon package and we find out that they're going to be installing the bidet together. Um, You know, they crack some jokes. Uh, Chris has never used one before. And they go through the process of actually like installing it together. And they say they discovered like a new type of intimacy in their relationship um, by listening to each other test out the bidet. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. Have you seen those like TikToks where people get those and they like shoot like so far? No. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, wow. I need to. No, here's a question. So it shoots the water up, but then mm-hmm. how does how do you get dry? You just sit there till it dries. Some of them have dryer. Oh, okay. Or you still use toilet paper. That's like oh. it's the same concept. Like when you use like the wet wipes, you still use toilet paper because oh. you're just like moistening. <laughs> so yeah. You, yeah, you don't get dry, so you still have to use toilet paper. Oh. Just not as much. I, I guess. guess, yeah. Uh, I'd probably invest in a dryer. I don't want to talk about it. Anyway. Okay, move it down. But Nicole does admit she's turned on by Chris's handyman abilities. Oh, I think you're Even though by she... putting things up his butt. <laughs> I don't know their lives. <laughs> so the next scene we see is them meeting with Dr. Pia. And, you know, they talk about how they've already had a great connection, how their chemistry is good, and that they really have uh, a lot of trust built together between them. Uh, They talk about how they've established an emotional connection before they decided to consummate their marriage. And Nicole talks about how in other relationships, she kind of had like hate sex because like she would do it just to do it, not necessarily because she wanted to. She says that she didn't really like 
I guess this person in her past relationship, but she wanted to feel wanted. So she would have sex with this person, even though she didn't necessarily want to, and she didn't feel good about it, but she just was trying to force that feeling. That's so sad. Yeah, she's got a lot going on, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she says with Chris, there's no shame or regret or any kind of feelings like that, which she had felt in the past. Um, Talking more about their sex life, Nicole says that she would like more foreplay from Chris. And Dr. Pia says, okay. Well, she even backtracks it because I think she doesn't want to rock the boat too much. She like says if their sex life stayed the same, if they stayed married and the sex life stayed the same, she'd be fine. Like, But if she could, if they could improve on it, that's where she would, you know, like to see some progression. She'd like a little more foreplay. And, you know, Dr. Pia says that, or she reminds Nicole that she can feel safe with Chris and they can explore different things and that he's not like her past relationships where he's going to use that against her or to harm her that, you know, this is for the most part, from what she can see, is a strong, healthy relationship. So, you know, if that's what you need, you can express that. Um, at this point, Nicole starts to get emotional. And she says that it's amazing to feel safe with Chris. She talks about how she didn't realize she had so many issues until she you know, got into this situation and in this relationship with Chris. And now she's having to say all this stuff that's happened to her out loud and it's making her realize like, wow, I'm fucked up. Yeah. And that uh, Dr. P is like, you know, don't say that about yourself. You're not fucked up. Let's talk. Don't talk about yourself in that way. Uh, you know, things happen. Everybody has issues. You don't have to be like self-deprecating, basically. Yeah. Uh, so Nicole says that she is the one that let those things happen to her. And that she needs to take accountability for her actions, which is like... It's also super sad. Yeah. Like, it's not your fault. Yeah. You just didn't have any of the tools to work through things and shit happens. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She says that she has a lot to work on, but Chris assures her that he's willing to have those conversations with her and... Eventually, that will result in having an open heart and more passion in their relationship. That's only going to make things better for them. So if they need to talk it out, they can talk it out. Uh, You know, again, Dr. Pia tells Nicole to stop with the self-deprecating behavior. She's not a problem or a ball of issues, basically. She says that Chris is happy to be matched with her and she should, you know, dwell on that. Uh, So the next, that's pretty much it with their session with her. Uh, The next scene we see is them getting their pleasure chest (laughs) at the door so they open the door they collect the little things there's a box it's got uh there's like handcuffs massage oils warming lubricant which seems to spark something with nicole (laughs) uh there's a whip there's some like leather i don't know what those were but it wasn't it was just like two things it wasn't like attached like I don't know what that was. I don't know. Too advanced. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to know what that is. (laughs) Um, And, you know, they're just, I mean, for them, this isn't a big deal. They've already consummated their marriage. So uh, this is just, there's nothing to build. It's already been built. Yeah. Uh, I don't see see Chris either being like, he seems pretty vanilla. None None of this probably is of interest to him. True. 
Unless the bidet sparked something in him, literally. <laughs> so, uh, and, you know, in the scene, Nicole is the one that's like, yeah, maybe we should try some of this stuff. And Chris says, you know, whatever. His concern is that she's satisfied. And she says she is. And again, this is when she says that she would feel comfortable saying yes on decision day based on their sex life. Uh, if it was like that the rest of the way, that's fine. But things can get better and they can enhance things. And again, they're on the same page about this. And Chris says that he feels confident about saying yes on decision day too. So <laughs> there you have it. Big surprise. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but from the preview. Yeah. There's the door. Mm-hmm. Wonder what he did. Mm-hmm. So broke one of her dinosaurs. Maybe. I mean, I kind of like. I mean, I might put dinosaurs. I mean, I already have dinosaurs everywhere. One, but I might maybe spray paint one gold or something. <laughs> Make it a classy dinosaur. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hey man, might work. Might work. Yeah, I, I like it. it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the complete opposite with the. Uh, Jasmine and Eris. I know you do. <laughs> so it starts with like a little clip of Jasmine in her car. And she just basically says that she's not in the space she wants to be in. She's trying not to be guarded. But at this point, like, how can she help it when he's acting like he is? But at the end, she's still hopeful. She still has a little bit of hope left that they can turn this around. And then we just like jump straight to it with um, their visit with Dr. Pia. And ew, gross. Eris 100% looks her up and down. I'm not As he does that. every other woman that they come into contact with. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, Dr. P asks how they're doing. Eris says that they're neither one of them are where they want to be, but they both do want change. And that's why they're there. And that's why they're not already saying this is my decision day or whatever. Jasmine says her needs are not being met. There's absolutely no physical touch. Um, which she needs. And Dr. Pia asks if there's friendship there, and, and they both say, yeah. Um, but right away, Jasmine says that he friend-zoned her at the on the honeymoon, and she's not trying to be a friend. She's trying to be a wife. Um, she gives the example of him walking in and not even hugging her or anything like that. So there's no, absolutely no physical touch. Um, Dr. Pia asks, like, really? You don't even hug her? And he's like, yeah, no, because it's awkward. The longer it goes, the more awkward it is. <laughs> and it, for me, if I was in her shoes, I'd just make it the whole time as awkward as possible. <laughs> just for I mean, fun. Yeah, to get something out of it. And right? this goes back to what you were saying last week. Like, okay, there's absolutely no physical touch and they're sharing a bed. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. They can't be sleeping in the same room. They can't. I don't know. I don't know. But Dr. Peepa's, Peepa, Dr. Pia says that, um, you know, do they have any deep or good conversation? Because sometimes that can develop intimacy. And he says they talk, but there's like nothing earth shattering or deep or anything like that. Jasmine says that she is holding, she's not holding back. In the beginning, she was a lot more open, but the more that things have gone on, she's guarded. So she's not as open and she's not volunteering any information. And we cannot blame her for that. Um, Dr. Pia thinks that she's an agreeable person. And Eris right away agrees with this. He brings up the question exercise they did with um, that Dr. Pepper assigned. 
He also brings up a point where I guess both of them were chilling on the couch and he was just kind of shooting questions at her, like first date questions in hopes of sparking a conversation. But nothing happened from that either. Jasmine says that Eris is sarcastic and it seems like he doesn't want to be there and he doesn't. Um, and he's just asking these questions to pass the time, which is kind of sad because if for me, um, I, if Eris that to me, that seems like Eris was trying a little bit because what man will sit on the couch for two hours asking you questions if they didn't want the answer. Um, but at this point, she's so blinded by all the shit he's been doing. That she's not looking that at that as effort. She's looking at that as he's just trying to pass the time. But then again, we weren't there, so we don't know the situation. So, and I mean, I get it. Like, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, and we've seen like Ares does not pay attention to her at all. Mm-hmm. He will ask her a question and then zone out while she's answering it. So it's like, okay, why am I even going to take you seriously when I know you actively do not listen to me? Yeah. And oh my God, his voice is so monotone. It's hard to pay attention to him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Dr. Pia asks, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, so Jasmine says all of that. And Dr. Pia then asks it when she calls Eris out, when Jasmine calls Eris out uh, or challenges him, how does that make you feel, Eris? And he says he loves it. And right away, Jasmine was like, oh my gosh. And she makes like a face. And Dr. Pia says, that's what's turning him on when you challenge him. So she wants Jasmine to initiate and take charge and see what happens. To which Jasmine says she'll try. And that's pretty much the end of their segment with her. Then they are doing some HelloFresh cooking. They are sharing a very tiny cutting board, which made me very nervous. So Eris says now he has a new look on intimacy. Um, he can, thanks to Dr. Pia, he can see things from her point of view, from Jasmine's point of view. Um, so he also talked to her sister, Jasmine's sister, and um, the sister kind of laid it all out for him. So she said to give Jasmine things that she didn't see growing up. Uh, Jasmine does say that she never heard I love you from her dad, but she never questioned her father's love. So that's why words pretty much mean nothing and action means everything. Um, he, She brings up that he also told her sister on the wedding day that Pastor Cal told him to clap and make her feel confident in the moment. I'm pretty sure he, one, Pastor Cal said that. I'm 100% sure. I'm pretty sure that that's why they didn't show it. <laughs> Because that's awful advice. <laughs> so he says that if he did that, that would be best for Eris in the long run, even if he didn't like his wife. So, and then Jasmine so says that it was to calm his wife down and lie to her. And he kind of just dodges that question. She says her husband should want to be around her, should want to talk to her, check in on her, hold her hand, hug you know, and not just do it because someone told him to do it. She says that Eris has one big toe in and um, that's about it. And that does not put her in a good space. And that's the end of their their segment on this show today. I was like, why would you even tell her that? Why? And then be like, well, I mean, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. Not be a piece of shit, maybe? Maybe. Maybe that one. (laughs) I can't stand him. Yeah. All right, Kirsten and Shaquille. Another conundrum. 
I'm like, what are y'all doing? So we see a short clip where Shaquille has packed up his stuff. He has to travel to Memphis for work and, you know, do some recruiting, do some workshops and whatnot. Uh, But we find out that Kirsten is not going to be joining him on this trip. I know she had such a good time in Jackson, Mississippi last time. (laughs) Sitting in the hotel. (laughs) But she decided to sit this one out. Did you watch After Party? No. Okay, so in After Party, she explains that he kind of, it was like a half invite, like Mm. come if you want. But he also didn't have anything planned. And it was her grandma's birthday. Mm. So yeah, she's going to stay and celebrate her grandma and not sit in the goddamn hotel room her grandma's birthday quote unquote, in the streets at the club <laughs> grandma had a section <laughs> grandma had bottle service <laughs> but so, i don't blame her i mean i ain't mm-mm. if you don't have anything planned and you're gonna be working the whole time no yeah like again yeah why would i want to go sit in a hotel all day mm-hmm. nope well, I mean, I would love to I wouldn't. The hotel I'd be day. leaving the hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So the next scene we see is them still building up this storyline of this whole trip thing. Uh, we see Kirsten is on Zoom talking to Shaquille while he's in Memphis. And she's talking about how she missed him and, you know, how next time around she wants to go. And she wants to see him in his element and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're right. Uh, so then once he gets back, that's when they meet with Dr. Pia. And, you know, she asks Kirsten kind of how things are going. Uh, she says that they have been spending a lot of quality time together and that everything's going great. But Shaquille <laughs> is like, mm, things have been rocky, in my opinion, uh, you know, we have had good days, but there also have been some bad days. Just because he recently got his feelings hurt. Lame. Just dismissed all the good. <laughs> and this is when Kirsten says that she's used to being in control and that she's trying to let some of that go and accept some of, um, you know, Shaquille's opinions, his influence, his, his uh, I don't know, him taking a little bit of the reins in the relationship. Uh, this is when Dr. P is asking Kirsten about Um, her attraction to Shaquille Mm -hmm. and she says you know when they were moving in together and he was making sure all of her things were packed away and moving the boxes and all that kind of stuff was attractive to her and this Dr. Pia kind of questions that and it's like okay is that because you view those as like masculine things and Kirsten says yeah you know he was using his muscles and taking care of things and she liked that and so Dr. P again is like, okay, so what do you define masculinity as? And again, she says him, you know, taking care of things, getting the job done, taking care of business. And then Dr. Pia asked Shaquille what he thought, or no, this is when Dr. Pia asked if Kirsten thought Shaquille is masculine and she takes the world's longest pause <laughs> and then says, mm, I guess, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so, I mean, to her to her credit, like, he's not traditionally masculine. Right. Right? I mean, I'm sure he has masculine tendencies, but then he does things like sew his own boutonnieres and whatnot. So I could see her, her, her seeing him as not traditionally masculine. 
She wants that good old toxic masculinity. She, yeah, that's what she wants. <laughs> that's what she wants. Don't talk while I'm talking. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Uh, then she's Kirsten starts talking about how her dad was very like hands-on tough guy who was like the provider. He was a business owner and those kind of qualities she hasn't seen in Shaquille. So she's looking for someone like her dad. Again, we've gone over this. This is mm-hmm. a, her thing. And she needs to explore. That. <laughs> So she says she hasn't gotten to see that quote unquote tough side of Shaquille, but she likes that he's kind and genuine and all that. She says that Shaquille makes her feel comfortable in their relationship, but not safe and protected necessarily. Mm. She says that she just hasn't seen him in that form before, so she doesn't feel it yet. And of course, Shaquille catches the attitude and is like, what, do we have to be like held at knife point and I have to like punch somebody in the face or like... (laughs) cause a scene for you to feel like um masculine and tough and he says that you know he's that's just not him he's not a person that gets frustrated or gets mad uh he says that she he thinks that she wants him to mimic her dad in his ways of being masculine and dominant and he's like that's just not me sorry again kirsten says that she'd like her husband to have the same traits as her dad but Shaquille insists that he's trying to be that person for her. Uh, He says like in an ITM that he felt that he's constantly having to prove himself uh, from day one as a husband, as a man and as her spouse. And that it's just been a lot Mm -hmm. for him. Uh, Back in the session with Dr. Pia, Kirsten says that she's not trying to change Shaquille, but Shaquille says, well, you have a lot of expectations for me. So (laughs) yeah. If he's trying to do that, it's going to result in him having resentment for Kirsten because he's not being his authentic self anymore. He's trying to please her. Uh, That's when Kirsten says she doesn't want Shaquille to change. Uh, Okay, if it sounds like I'm in the outback right now, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if um, Easter has invoked something (laughs) in the birds outside, but they are just spring has sprung for them and they're just chirping away so sorry oh that was great i know it's like i'm snow white over here or something <laughs> uh let's see where was i but kirsten says that she doesn't want Shaq to try to be something other than himself and that she, he is meeting her expectations in other ways and nerd. that's kind of where that's they in that <laughs> in her head she's like you fucking nerd Oh, man. So then it goes to the next scene where they're, they've gotten their um, sexy assignment. Mm. So this was weird, period. Like, they put on these blindfolds and, well, Kirsten is blindfolded and Shaquille is trying to lead her around the apartment to find, like, different objects and things. And Which is not sexy at all. Like, if someone did that to me, I'd be so pissed. So I was like, this isn't, is this your idea of foreplay because this is not sexy me stubbing my toe on the kitchen island not not sexy sorry you don't think marco polo was sexy absolutely not i think he's never used blindfolds in his life (laughs) except for hitting a pinata (laughs) maybe i don't think he's ever done that (laughs) (laughs) so he's trying to lead her around the apartment she's not listening to him (laughs) because she does not trust him even though the point of this whole exercise is to build trust. Uh, then 
they he gets this rope out and is like <laughs> tying her up on twitter i was like his bondage skills suck <laughs> right he's like can you move and she's like um no but you can see her wiggling her hand. <laughs> but then she says that she's been getting very hot and bothered <laughs> she says that she likes allowing their bodies and their voices to lead them into whatever they're about to do she says that he can lead and she can listen but she doesn't <laughs> And yeah, that's about as far as the sexy activity goes. Fun. Mm-hmm. Riveting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's funny that it seems like the like clips and pictures and stuff that have been on social media seem more interesting than what they showed on the show. Because I was like, wait a minute, they was they was there was a little bit more going on than what we saw apparently. Mm. But later on that night. This is when they get back into this whole conversation about this trip. Uh, Shaquille tells Kirsten that they need to work on their communication and that he really wanted her to join him in Memphis. But Kirsten's like, well, you never said that. And But he says the reason he didn't really stress that is because she already had her own agenda going on for what she was going to do while he was away. <laughs> He says, you know, you already had things planned and you were like, Shaquille is gone. Let me go run in the streets real quick. Like we said, she had to go to her grandma's birthday party, um, brunch and all that. Like she didn't have time to be kicking it in Memphis. Yeah. So Shaquille expressed that he didn't really feel supported. He says that Kirsten initially agreed to go to Memphis, but then backed out. And he says that was an eye opener. He said, he's like, how can you already... How are you making plans when we already had plans to do yeah. something? And Kirsten said, well, to her, it never sounded like he genuinely wanted her to join him on this trip. And Shaquille felt like he didn't have to reiterate those feelings. Uh, he he says he doesn't want to have to beg his wife to do anything. But it, it does sound like he was just like, you should come. And if then did want. not follow up with yeah. anything. This is when Kirsten says that she felt terrible and that she didn't want Shaquille to feel like he does she doesn't support him and he asked if he felt or she asked if he felt happy in their marriage and Shaquille says that it's a stretch to say that he says that he doesn't feel supported by Kirsten um and you know that's kind of where he's wishy-washy on the fence right now like mm -hmm. he's content but not necessarily happy yeah yeah and that's kind of where they end it love it love a love story <laughs> All right, let's go to Gina and Clint, the bestest friends ever. <laughs> Everybody says the best relationship on this show is Hank and Clint. They're the right? ones are gonna make it. <laughs> That's where they start start off. Uh, Clint is teaching Hank some new tricks, and it's just adorable, cute. I love Hank. I love Hank scenes anywhere he's in. <laughs> so then they meet with Dr. Pia. Both are saying things are good. They get along really well. They're growing and learning, and they have a excellent friendship foundation but they don't feel married because there's like this physical barrier they are not attracted to each other it's not happening um but dr Pew asks how like their sexual desires how do they take care of that and they both say independently from each other and they don't talk about it um just take care of their own business uh they don't talk about sex because gina doesn't like to talk about sex with someone she's not attracted to um 
And Dr. Pedia challenges that. She's like, how is this marriage going to work if y'all are not talking about sex and things that you have to work through on? And, and Jesus just says it's gross. Grossing it. She's grossed out <laughs> talking about this stuff. She has no sexual desire for Clint. She doesn't know if this marriage is going to last if it's not there. And she thinks Clint will agree on that. And Dr. Pedia's like, okay, well, let me hear from Clint. And he agrees. He says it's a challenge for both of them. But yeah, in the end, it's not going to last if they can't have sex. Dr. Pia asks if they can initiate that chemistry, if they set the mood, uh, to which Clint says he loves a sexy scent. And G Gina says that, I think I've been calling her Gia. I did because I typed Gia, I guess because it rhymed with Pia. My bad. But Gina says she loves smells, like really good scents, and she likes music, um, and she's attracted to swag. Dr. Pia asks if Clint has swag, and she says he does not. And this is super offensive <laughs> for Clint. He says he's the king of swag. His friends call him Senior Swag. So there's that. <laughs> And we've seen his friends. So, so that, that, yeah, it makes sense. It makes Compared sense. to them, maybe. <laughs> Dr. Pia asks if they can set up the context. Can they set up the mood without the expectation of sex? They both say yes. She then assigns them homework that they just need to touch more. And that's the end of their Dr. Pia segment. They were so, throwing all the blocks in that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. We're just, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> mm -mm. Yeah. Um, they do chat a little bit after Dr. Pia leaves. Um, the first question off the gate is, you don't think I have swag that he can dial it up when he dresses? And he goes, you've seen it when I go out. I have French cuffs. You've seen that blazer. <laughs> Swaggy. Uh, and she's like, I don't want to make you feel bad. And he's like, you immediately answered, nope, you didn't even let her... <laughs> finish the damn question <laughs> and then she's like well you need a swag haircut and he that sets him off too he's like man now you're going after my hair apparently he's been cutting his own hair trimming it for eight years so she says if you get nothing else out of this marriage you need a good haircut <laughs> um she then asked him what he thinks about the exercise and he says he doesn't know he doesn't have the answers they're the professionals um and she says she doesn't think that lighting candles and curating an r&b list is a playlist is going to make them want to bang in three weeks he says he's not he's not going to have preconceived notions about the outcome he's just going to do it he's not the do the sex doctor or counselor or whatever and he's like well maybe after all this will amazon a sex chair to which gina says maybe she has one and then we finally get the damn gina and she says at least you can make me laugh bum 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 so then they get to their sex exercise. Clint says he feels comfortable about talking sex. It's a human reaction. It's a human desire. And it's amazing. Meanwhile, Gina wants Hank to close his ears because she's completely uncomfortable talking about ever, all this stuff. First question off the gate. What's your safe word? Gina says she's never had to have a safe word. Clint says his is porcupine. <laughs> Pineapple. Porcupine. Pineapple. We've already previously established is pineapples. No, he said porcupine. I know. Never mind. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, their new safe word is tres leches. <laughs> um, sending nudes, they both say yes. 
what's a must for you during sex? And Clint says he wants his partner to climax. She says nothing. Uh, what's your favorite position? She says, Tres leches. <laughs> and then they're saved by the door. There's a knock on the door. And Gina thinks it's a toy basket for, for Hank. And it is not. It is a toy basket for them. A sex toy basket. Um, they are going to do their sensate focus therapy. There's a feather, a massager, and a hairbrush. Clint enjoys it. Gina looks very awkward. But she says it's not as awkward as she thought it would be. That They need to take these baby steps. But that's it. That's all they wrote for that one. I know on Twitter I said, you know, Clint's old because he sends like full-fledged nudes, not just dick pics. It's the young <laughs> man's game. Yeah. He's probably got like a tripod and all that. <laughs> he probably doesn't even know about no face, no case. Yep. Like, uh, Clint, grandpa. So then there's this girls and guys meet up. The guys go play baseball and all of them have absolute terrible swings. Um, they are just abysmal um especially clint um yeah chris chris didn't have one even though he was connecting with the ball oh, he still had a bad swing anyway the girls do a cocktail class and then they just do round table um chris says the conversation they had with dr peel was good but nicole has a lot of self-work to do nicole says she does have a lot of self-work to do um but sometimes chris is too respectful that he says that, um, you know, when you're ready, let's talk about it. But she's never going to be ready. So she just needs him to make her talk about things. Um, Shaquille says out of a 10, they're like a seven or eight. He wants to be supportive, but or she, he wants Kirsten to be supportive. But, you know, she needs to step that up a bit. And the intimacy is getting there. Um, to wish, okay, Eris, not surprising, asks, what base are they at? Mm -hmm. I don't think Shaquille ever says anything. No, but because I think um, like Clint cuts him off and he's like, "We're not even in the stadium." Like, yeah, we're not even in the dugout. Damn, we're not even um, in the building. Meanwhile, Kirsten is DTF. She's just waiting for him to to initiate and be the one to take charge, and he's not doing that. So Clint says he's not in the dugout. And Gina says she wants to be there. She wants to find him attractive. She wants to go there, but it's absolutely a no-go for her. Um, Eris is kind of in the same building there. He says they don't even, they didn't even talk about sex during the sex therapy session. <laughs> they were talking about other ways of, of intimate, to be intimate. Uh, and sweet, sweet Jasmine says that Eris always acknowledges that there's things that need to be changed, but then he doesn't change. Things mm -hmm. stay the same. She doesn't say anything. She just brushes things under the rug. And that's something she needs to work on. And she's really realizing about herself. And um, she, she doesn't ask these questions because she's worried about the, what the answers are going to be. And she's at her breaking point. She starts crying. And she doesn't know the, the last sentence of the whole episode. She doesn't know what else she has to give. So sad. It is sad. Like, I hope she would those... make a great wife. She looks, she's amazing. I like her. And that's what all the, uh, all the other women try to affirm her when she starts getting emotional. Yeah. Um, and I hope those were tears of frustration, not like sadness. That I, I think so. I think if it is sadness, it's sadness that she's in this situation and that she's trying so hard. I don't think it's sadness because she wants to be with this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's just, she want she wanted a marriage and it's not working out. Yeah. Like. For him to say that he's at this point just trying to find ways to make himself get turned on yeah. by her, like, Ew. fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. 
<laughs> Indeed. <sighs> but that's the show. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Another boring, boring, boring yeah. session. Yeah. If y'all have any cheesemate, go ahead and send it to our social media accounts. On Instagram, we are at Cheese McQueen's Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at Cheese McQueen's. You can catch Igby there every Wednesday, live tweeting the episode, no matter how bad it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I said, I'd be on there just laughing with my friends. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) If if you're enjoying this podcast, um, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That helps other chismosos find us. Anything else, Igby? How much candy do you think we're going to eat today? An obscene amount that we won't talk about ever again. <laughs> we get to see each other today, guys. I know, it's exciting. I got you a blanket from Mexico. I got you something, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh. You can either have a blanket or have like a sacred heart of clay. It looks really cool. Those are your choices. I'm probably going to choose blanket. You know I'm cold I, all the time. I know, I know. I'm <laughs> under a blanket right now. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it from an old man on the beach. Who sells blankets at the... Well, okay. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. (laughs) Yeah, we've got plenty of catching up to do. (laughs) Yes, I'm so excited. All right, y'all. We will not um, see you today in person, but we wish you a happy Easter weekend. True that. (laughs) All right, y'all. Bye. See ya.